So let's counterpoint that wine point. And uh, I want to start, Kelly, with, with this quote from Henry Ford, which slightly tweaked that quality means doing something right, even if no one is looking. And I was curious, what are your thoughts? When you sent me this originally, I was starting to think about it. And um, I think it. I agree overall. And the thing that, that was interesting to me that stuck out is like, that's also what integrity means, you know, like acting with integrity means like doing the right thing, no matter what. So it's like, in a way, <laughs> my mind is like, trying to figure out like, truly, what's the separation between the two? Or is integrity really kind of the overriding value and, and quality as part of the fallout? I think it's such a great observation. The connection, it looks so natural, right? That there'll be yeah. integrity, right? Because what is, what is integrity in the context of our work? You, you're kind of committed to providing the best you can. Right, yeah. To me, it's one of those core things that I think about, even in terms of like my own behavior, mm -hmm. that I hope mm -hmm. that that's something people see in me is that I think, you know, I have that like high integrity uh, value about myself and how I think about things. And it's like, it carries through in lots of ways, right? Like it's, and to me, that's part of it too, is that it's broader, like quality. I do think like when I start to like evaluate the word quality, it almost seems like um, a way of describing a thing where you wouldn't necessarily describe a person as like a quality person. I mean, you might, but it's a bit of a weird word to use. <laughs> so it's like, it kind of like gives you permission to broaden the context. Mm -hmm. So Kelly, I will ask, I'll, I'll ask you to, to remember that because I think in some of the other questions, I think it'll be very interesting when you, when you bring back the, this component, the dimension yeah. of integrity, because it kind of puts everything in a slightly different way. And so to you as a consumer, when does quality matter when you evaluate the product? So like my gut reaction says, when does it not matter? But here's what's funny is like, I think there's also that context in which you are like being a consumer, meaning if I'm shopping on Amazon or looking on the web for let's say any like purchase that is like more like an appliance or some kind of thing that is going to cost a semi not small chunk of money, even a small one. Like I bought, I'll tell you about like I bought recently just like a hot water kettle because ours like died. You know, I bought like the cheap one from Amazon and then it died and I was angry about it. Um, but it's like, even for that, you know, I'm going to dive into consumer reviews if I could find them to like try and figure out like, where does it seem like there's going to be some, first of all, is it people just sharing gut impressions of a thing to see it works and it's good or is it something a bit more like longer term or meaningful and then you run across those reviews on Amazon and such that are like literally one I saw the other day was like, obviously fake reviews. It was talking about like plumbing when the product was like, I don't even know, like lotion or something, you know? So it's like, you get the like bull crap kind of side of it. 
so it's like when it's online and when reviews are available, I probably poke into them and look at it as part of the criteria. Then I might like do like the side check of like, what does wire cutters say or some other like consumer review site just to see, you know, are things lining up here? Whereas like if I walked into a Target and was looking at clothing or makeup or, you know, some like, you know, hair care product or something, I'd probably be reacting to marketing and labeling and smell or you know, feel or whatever is available to me more than anything and judging quality on completely different terms, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it always matters, but the way I think about it, I have to like recognize that it shapeshifts depending on the context, you mm-hmm. know, of like whether it's a big spend or whether I'm truly like in person with the product or on looking at something on the web. Can I say it never matters? I don't think so, but it's like my you know, my judgment of quality might be very like surface level if we're talking about like looking at something at the, on the shelves at Target or something like that. So I think when we talked about before, there's actually two ways of evaluating quality. One is if you physically, you think you can look at it and, and, and see it in your own eyes. The other one is you can't. So you rely on someone else's judgment. Yeah. Right? And yeah. So now is a, we're going to switch into talking about quality that is actually somewhat a combination of being abstracted in that it's not always in what you see necessarily, but also in what you end up doing, which is, in our case, a lot of it is very much visible. Yeah. So what does quality mean to you personally? So not your team and everything, but personally on your own work. A lot of times it comes down to, honestly, I rely on, like how something feels to me a whole bunch, you know, like, does this feel right? And I'm thinking about this, like, both from like a, you know, pure, like, let's say we're actually designing a thing and then I'm talking about the user interface, or it could even be for a deck, like, does this feel like the right story that we should be telling at this point in time? I think there's also just that the other thing that I know I'm very mindful of Um, just with our position of like working with lots of stakeholders on the client side, you know, often having that like lovely benefit of like being engaged with our clients right from the start on uh, project teams, we learn things about them and I want them to know that we did not forget all those little details that add up to both us seeing them and understanding them in their context and like us delivering the thing that's important so it's funny because it does it shows up in lots of ways um when I think about it and again it's like if I were to reflect on quality versus integrity yeah it it ladders back up to integrity a whole bunch for me as well I think because it is that like consideration of like am I understanding their requirements and what they're setting out to do am I actually challenging them back in the right ways just to make sure I understand truly like, are the constraints real that we think that we're bumping up against? Um, Or what are we trying to kind of negotiate, you know, one way or the other that I won't even try and name (laughs) the many negotiations that could be like bounding the constraints. Um, And then, yeah, it's, there's also just that whole side where the further that we get through a process, like sometimes for me, even acting with integrity just means like making sure that I'm kind of noting what's happening on the team around me and helping to connect the dots even. So like that, that 
for me, usually it ladders back to like making sure we're like really not missing those, you know, UX has this conversation with the client, but the BA doesn't know about that. And then the tech art doesn't hear about it. And it's like, I want to try and like, make sure that if we're kind of the holders of that information, we're, you know, carrying it through. And I don't know if that's truly, I think it is quality because it's like, at least limits the number of times your client has to repeat themselves <laughs> and potentially get impatient. So if nothing else, like it's, it shows up in that way. Yeah. But I think in lots of other ways too. It looks like you, you look at, you're, you're attuned to both the customer, the client, and, and everything that went around there, engaging them and understanding them and all of that. And you are also attuned to the team and what yeah. they need and actually multiple teams. And in a way, you are orchestrating everything or, or monitoring. There's a reason you're doing that. Why is it important for you to, to actually do this? It's important because the thing I hate most in life, like my number one pet peeve is probably the game of telephone. You know, like just I hate when things get lost in translation. It is like viscerally makes me angry. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that I'm just like, ah. So I'm... I tend to, like, even as a design lead, I tend to be a bit more collaborative. Hopefully people see that. And like, just like wanting to, I'm, I don't try to over invite people, but I also try to like, make sure that the right people are in the right conversation so that we can kind of like understand how we're approaching something and swimming in the same direction. And it's funny because the other thing I would extend this to Ezra is like, you know, the design or the system itself that we're creating is the other side of this, of course, you know, that it's like, you need to start, we, we have to like take that system thinking into account, both from just like a pure consistency point of view, as well as just understanding, like, if there's kind of cause and effect or just like downward or upward effects of the various like ripples, basically, that we're making in a system. In your opinion, producing quality work, a learnable skill or a personal drive and because you brought this up, you made this connection. Can you also connect this to integrity? So if I think of integrity as a value, I think you either, either it's one of your most strongly held values or it isn't. And that's not to say it's not important to you. It's just like, is it one of those kind of like things that, you know, feels pretty steadfast, you know, and honestly, for myself, I don't even know if I would like put it if I did say top two values, I don't know what those would be. But I would guess this one would rank pretty high. That said, I think there's like, to me, it would be a ridiculous statement to say that you cannot learn quality, or integrity, right? Like, it's like that, I have to be, that would be a very ungenerous way of thinking about people. <laughs> I think if I were to like say that, so to me, it is like, it is learnable. I think the ways that it shows up differs. Like, I'm trying to think of examples here. I mean, even thinking of my earliest wireframes as a UXer, it was like, you know, you probably did this too, working in Visio. Um, Visio had this like craziness where when you copied something and pasted it on another page it didn't paste in the same spot so you actually had to like install a freaking macro to like 
do paste in place, you know, and for it to actually go to the same spot. So, and I installed it and used the heck out of it because I was like, this is annoying. This I'm saying showing the same state doing, you know, multiple things across multiple pages. Like this was a financial thing early on. And my teammate didn't, you know, and it's like, so his stuff was just bouncing around and it's like, you know, either way we're getting the points across, but it's like, he just, that was not one of his markers of like quality. It was whether like did the job, did the design do the job of like conveying the ideas, you know, again, these were wireframes. This is not meant to be pixel perfect, but it's like, there's those little markers or tweaks that I see in people. Um, and that was not at right point, by the way. Um, but it's like those little things that like, either you kind of like, it's really about, again, your lens and like what you notice and what you're tuned into, you know? And it's like, what's learnable is kind of like what people decide upon themselves as an important thing that, you know, is going to be their like little bugaboo that they're always like making sure that this is right. Mm -hmm. Or, or that, you know, just feedback that they get from others or clients, you know, it could be even just like a client that says the same thing. Uh, multiple times over one's career that you're finally like apparently people pay attention to this and you know I shouldn't use lorem ipsum here or whatever the case might be so um, I think it has to be learnable but it's you know I do think there is a drive behind it and a lens behind it that like can radically shift from one person to another. Um, so what do you think about if if some of it is learnable Learnable, learnable means that, that we, need to, we need to make it learnable, meaning to codify it, to kind of say, to do quality, to do this thing in a quality way, you have to go through this, these steps and you have to do A, B, C, D, and E to get there. Yeah. It's fantastic. But the thing becomes, well, now once we codify it, um, it sometimes becomes dogma because that's the process. And, you know, if you break it, you're breaking the process. But we know that uh, innovation and try, sometimes you would just need to get out of it. And, and, and so what do you think about the tension between if quality is learnable, if it was something they say, well, it's learnable, come here, we'll teach you how to do it in a quality way. It kind of creates a situation where you end up in a dead end. You can't grow from there because you're stuck in the process. Yeah. And I guess like, I don't think anything, this is going to be such a broad, brash statement. I don't think that you can learn a whole lot outside of experience. You know, like when it comes to our job, how we behave as consultants, you know, how we act to like start like, showing our clients we get things strategically like whatever the heck we're talking about like to me like I get itchy when I think about us having a workshop so we can learn whatever you know like outside of like maybe like we're, we're doing there's a series that I like think is actually quite good um that we're you know just learning Figma for who people who want to learn Figma so that's a little bit more like the sort of thing that actually is like, you can just learn it. It's a, it's a skill because it's software versus like it kind of has to come from inside you. And to me, that's like deeper, more deeply motivated. And like the sort of thing that probably <laughs> you need to have those like 
moments where you clearly get feedback or learn that you did it wrong. And so then you start to say like, ah, now I do not want to make that particular mistake again. So it's Mm -hmm. like, at least for me, a lot of like the way I, I know just like the way I act as like a design lead and a consultant and like a teammate is just like learned through lots of experiences along the way, you know, versus something that's been codified you know, like I could probably drop nuggets for people, but would not be cohesive. And I don't expect them to like learn it because I tell them. <laughs> it's a great, I think it's a great observation. Is quality an obs- absolute? Some measure of it is always present or it's, it's a function really. And, and it may not be there or should it always be there? No matter what. You are committed because you you have this integrity or you have this commitment and you'll do whatever you can. Such a good question. I'm just laughing because of this question. There's like so many like little nuggets for me that are tied up in this. Um, When I'm estimating work, uh, just as an example. So when I actually like get to, you know, help out with proposals and fill in the re and things like that, like it's, I'm always we're always trying to balance that of like, how do we make a quality product? And I think like part of what we have to do there, whether this is an RFP or just, you know, existing client asking for something is like kind of balance, like what feels like we're on pretty firm footing in terms of like what the ask is versus like the things that are negotiable within it, you know? And it's like the word that I've been thinking about more and more over the last couple of years is like um, when we're like truly satisfying something versus satisficing and just saying like good enough, pretty close, you know? And like, sometimes honestly, that is fine. And it's what we have to do based on the ask, right? Like, it's like, I think that, you know, I only want to satisfy when it truly makes sense to Um, And I'm trying to think of like good examples for you, you know, like if we're talking about like a website or building for a client or something, you know, we know there's certain areas of the experience that are like the like make or break. These are like the hardest working parts. These are the things that like all the traffic's going to be driving to, you know, and truly are going to be like the places where conversion happens, whatever conversion might mean for that client. And then there's the other stuff, right? And so like, do I want to spend all our time on the other stuff and make sure that looks amazing? If we have the time to do it, yes. But otherwise, like that's not where we're gonna be putting our attention. You know, so I think that it is, if constant means like fixed, then no, (laughs) it's definitely variable. The definition has to change uh, depending on the the context of the situation. Yeah, we're asked to accelerate. Is it, is it a death in a thousand cuts or uh, ex- accelerating things to get it faster and faster where we're in a business that uh, we need time. Yeah. Time to think. And what gets cut a lot of time is time. There's only th- certain things I would accelerate <laughs> for an okay. accelerator. Yeah. I mean, one for a modern workplace or internet type build, like there are lots of things that were like, oh, so you need news, you need a news landing page, you're gonna be having some search in there, you know, like there's things that we just know are those repeating patterns. And I think that there's, there still should be that evaluation done 
um, with the team based on the requirements and with the client to say like, are these truly like, even, sorry, I'm gonna go slightly off the rails, but like even with clients, like we'll have these conversations around like, what can you use out of the box SharePoint for versus like, what should we build custom? I think it's great because the promise of that to me is that designers should not be spending a lick of time on things that already exist in SharePoint. Like we should not actually be even moving those things and putting them on a wireframe or a design or what have you, or spending any blood, sweat, or tears to create that stuff. So if it's created already, like either straight in SharePoint or in a sketch file that we've hopefully kept up, you know, like those are, it's like, Stuff like that, it's like, I do think we should be choosy about what problems we're actually like focusing on within that like broader problem space for our clients and and like not try and reinvent the wheel for like the things that either don't matter or that we've evaluated like are meeting the needs quite well for what they are, you know? So it's like, I'm, I think there's a lot of good, um, thoughts embedded in the accelerator concept I think we just have to be wary about like where that shows up <laughs> all right final question need uh, a drum okay. roll <laughs> the function of history is quality relevant in the age of design frameworks and planned obsolescence so you're talking about like canva <laughs> like <laughs> tools that are you know already whipping up the design for you it's someone decided that something is, is, is it. And by that, they also define a level of quality that the it has. And everyone starts using it for whatever reason, not always you'd agree. But then, then are we getting into a world where we have less and less control because we, where we used to design a lot, we are designing less and less. To your point, right now, there's a lot of things you pick up. There's less and less to design. It's not hard to conceive that in a few years, everything potentially will be designed. And so, and but it'll be, what will it be? It'll be yeah. someone's decision of this is quality. And so it gets to what to do in a way, maybe the question. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, I guess like, we know those things come and go and evolve, you know? So to me, that's kind of the broader thing that I think about here is that I definitely lean heavily on seeing what others are doing either in my client's industry or in those kind of like, you know, adjunct parallel, I forget what we call them, industries that we'll look at, you know, for like solving similar problems and maybe a slightly more evolved way. Um, so that's something that I know I'm both mindful of looking at those things and wary of overusing them, you know? So it's like when I think about it, but the other thing that I kind of tie back to again, to, I think it's really how we started our conversation too, is like that it, there is this like broader feeling to it as part of that evaluation. Like, does this feel like the right approach? Is this the right pattern to use at this point in time? How does this fit within that broader like system that we're laying out? Um, I think that, like, I don't personally, like when I think of myself as like a 
designer or a design lead, like, am I concerned about like what's happening, you know, years to come and like staying on top of the newest and latest and all the things like, I think that you probably heard it through even my conversations. Like I'm actually much more interested in people and problems than the solution that comes out of it, even though that's a very big part of our process as well, you know, but it's like, to me, it's much more like I'm more interested in even designing the right process for the problem at hand um, versus like, like you're going to hear me talk more about that and like, like team dynamics and how we work together and like, is this working right? And should we evolve this thing, you know, more than like sometimes even the thing that we're designing, even though that's very much part of our day to day conversations as well. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't, I think back to even like <laughs> when I was first learning web design, Flash was the thing, you know, and everybody was learning ActionScript and like learning, you know, all these like funky algorithms so they could do magical ActionScripty things. And luckily just this really like both, I didn't really get it. it I was never, it was never, my, I just knew like my brain wasn't going to quite think that way. And that ship sailed so fast that I was like, ha ha, I'm glad I didn't hang myself, my hat on that one technology, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I think of like, even here I am 20 years later or probably 20 plus at this point. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I want to be aware of the latest things and kind of like how we can leverage them, but I'm never going to like hang my hat on a thing like that. Like it's gonna be much more about like people <laughs> and process around how we work more than anything. And we like both as like consultants together and then with our clients on top of it. Such a wonderful way to end up this conversation. So Kelly, thank you so much. You're right on yeah. time, a little over. Okay. <laughs> really thank you, Ezra. Thank you.